Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Cesario Jinjo on the show, and it is an episode that is sponsored by They Record. Cesario, welcome to the show. Well, well thanks for having me, John. It's uh, been a long time coming. Um, as we were talking before, we've known each other for 20-plus years, and we kind of dis you know distance away, and uh, you were doing your thing, I was doing my thing, and we recently, we, we connected um on topics such as business and marketing and you know things that you were doing things i was doing um we had a lot in common and here we are today yeah absolutely and you know what i find podcasting is an excellent journey to get people's message out and get their you know what i mean and not just catch up with people you know but a way so that people can see what's going on and you know it pushes business and it pushes uh you know people's uh, message and what they're about yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, everything you said, I, you know, I echo. Um, you know, and again, it's a great way, you know, to let people know what you're doing um, without, you know, self promoting. You know, a lot of people, you know, they, you, you, you know, they'll self promote, and you don't really know what they're all about. But on podcasts, you can actually dive into the nuances of your business, the nuances of, you know, uh, up and coming things in your in your industry, uh, which is super great. Absolutely. Like speaking of which, right? Like we met. Um, when uh, you started your uh, your uh, flower business, yeah. and I had just uh, you know got into the uh, marketing print business. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, two thousand. Um, you know, I mean, great memory, by the way. Um, yeah, so in two thousand, kind of started my whole journey to this marketing, um, you know, business. We, you know, we uh, created the first website for flowers uh, back in two thousand called Flowers Canada. Um, so back then, oh my God, it was the Wild West selling flowers online. We didn't even know what that was. Um, you know, we knew that people wanted flowers and we knew that uh, this was just a new way to get them, you know, a gift in their hands. Um, and yeah, we used to come to you for business cards, uh, magnets, so many marketing, uh, you know, tools. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh it's just amazing, and and I think we um, met through a referral of somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was, um, I think it was the printers or something. If I remember correctly, you were, you know, you had your work done at a printers. I walked in to get a quote on business cards. He recommended you, and then you know the friendship started many many years ago. Um, you know, you know, like fast forward, you know, we all went through ups and downs. I went through, you know, I, you know, we created a floral business that became the largest floral company in Canada at one point. Um, you know, and then unfortunately, you know, um, life, uh, you know, life kind of gives you, um, you know, some hurdles, some ups and downs. Um, you know, we went, I went through some personal stuff in 2015 that put me on another path. Um, you know, so we're not, today we're not the largest floral company. We're still in the floral business, but that gave us all the experience. Um, you know, to open up my marketing agency called In Digital Group. Um, you know, we took all that real world experience, uh, and now what we're using, we're using it to help businesses and entrepreneurs um, take the next step. Yeah, absolutely love that, right? And I remembered, uh, you know, you started off uh, doing your own SEO and stuff like yeah. that, and then you know, obviously by doing and trying, you kind of learn more. And then, you know, from what I've known, you've always been that entrepreneurial type of person, yeah, right? No, always, always finding those opportunities. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, yeah, it, it, you know, if I could say about entrepreneurs, we're a different breed, right? We, you know, waking up in the morning, not knowing 
what's to come, right? That's special, you know? I mean, it's like gambling without gambling. And I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble. I don't have any bad habits. But when it comes to business, that in itself is the rush, right? Some people like to jump out of an airplane. I like to start businesses. I get tell. And uh, sometimes it's just finding a pain point, right? Yeah. You started yours from finding your own pain point. 100%. Right? Yeah. Like you, for your own business, you were having issues with suppliers. We won't mention who or names right. or any of that. Yeah. But, and, you, and you figured it out and then you just stemmed out of that. 100%. You know, we took that exactly, you know, and, and that's kind of what led me into the, the digital marketing um, kind of uh, business or industry. Um, we looked at what was out there and we just weren't happy. Um, and, you know, like anybody else, and like good entrepreneur, we can do better. Um, so we learned the industry, right, by trial and error. We worked with, you know, lots of small businesses and we heard what they wanted, right? And that's kind of what we learned and that's kind of how we grew to today. I mean, we InDigital has been in business for uh, four and a half years, um, but re in reality, we have over 30 years of experience in our team. Um, and these are people that have actually done it as entrepreneurs. Yeah, which brings up the point. I mean, when you started off, you probably start off like everybody else, yourself, maybe one person. Yeah. Um, where are you at today? So today, um, you know, we're happy to say, you know, we, we, we're we not a uh, run-of-the-mill marketing agency. Um, you know, sure, we do all the same things most people do, websites, apps, you know, social media. But that is the least part of our business. You know, we, you know, what we do is we take a entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur and we start them from scratch. We We hold their hands from the idea to the, you know, looking for a, um, a place of business, helping them with a website, um, helping them understand the industry, right, from the inside out. So a lot of entrepreneurs, they start a business, but they're really good at what they do, right? Like somebody starts a restaurant is a great chef. But as we know, that does not equate to a successful restaurant, right? Um, you know, we've all heard stories where, you know, the food is amazing, but nobody ever showed up. The yeah. restaurant went out of business, right? So that's the, the key is, the, is helping them understand that there is more to a restaurant or a successful restaurant than just great food, right? You know, there's packaging, there's marketing, um, you know, there's customer service, you know, there's uh, supplier acquisition, right? Teaching them how to, how to buy at a better price, right? And these are a lot of the things that these small businesses do not actually, you know, they know, they think they know they want it, but they actually don't know how to get it. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing, touching upon branding here, right? A lot of people believe that branding is their logo and the name yeah. they came up with and stuff like that. And it couldn't be so far from the truth. 100%. Like everything Definitely. you mentioned, like the packaging, like branding is really a fancy word for saying it's your reputation. Exactly. You right. don't dictate that. Nope. Your clients dictate yeah. that. Uh, you get the branding you want no, by, right. by what you present and what service and representation that your clients perceive. Um, I like I like to use an example as, so everybody's given a name, right? But you're not identified or you're not known for your name. You're known for how you dress, how you act, right? Your demeanor, that's your brand as a person, right? We know somebody Oh yeah, that oh he's the guy that dresses in a really nice suits, right? He's the guy that drives the fancy car, right? What's his name? I don't know his name, but I know him, right? And when he when I see him, I know exactly who he is and who's he connected to, right? So knowing somebody's name is like their logo. You see it, you know it, 
right? But it's not the most important thing, right? So exactly. when you, you know, when you create your business, right, you need to make sure that it's all created together, right? And like you said, too many people focus on a logo, right? Which is, it's important, but it's not everything to your business, right? You know, it's, you know, like I was saying, it's your product, right? Is your product, does it meet and speak to what, who you are? So if you have a mission statement in your business, right? Does your product match your mission statement, right? A lot of people, you know, this is, we believe in quality and then they buy not quality products because they're trying to save money. Instead of trying to do it that way, why don't you negotiate with your vendors? You can still buy the quality products, but you can negotiate a better price. Absolutely. Like, and it comes down to commitments, right? Yeah. Sometimes people quote a price and they're quoting it based on a one-time service. Mm -hmm. Now, if you could, you know, say you're willing to do a contract with a person, say, Absolutely. I'll guarantee you a year or two of work and mm -hmm. representing X amount of dollars, but can we represent this price point instead yep. of the price point you're at? They may say yes or may not. 100%. Right? But the, but the point is you find the person who wants to work with you. I mean, let's be honest. Most of the business out there isn't about the fancy advertising. It's about people dealing with people they know, like, and trust. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, I think any supplier would welcome a commitment from their customers, you know, and they would work with them. Because, again, you know, as a, as a wholesale supplier, um, if you have a customer that you can help and support and they can grow their business... Well, you're investing, okay, in your business. Because if they're successful, you're successful. And the more successful customers you have, the more successful business you have. And that's not done by advertising, okay? That is a form of advertising, but it's not, you know, a, a traditional form of advertising. Well, exactly. Let's be honest. What's the point of uh, media? Like, like being on, in, on mm -hmm. social, whether it's TV, whether it's print ads or anything. The idea is you're just trying to become visible so people get a sense of who you are. Right. Absolutely. Then, uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and again, in, in our world, um, you know, when we help uh, our customers, our entrepreneurs, um, we make sure that it's a little bit of everything, right? You know, it's a catered menu, right? So uh, many people uh, are used to you know, they go in and it's a one solution fits all. And we don't believe that, right? You're, you're unique. You're a different person. You run, even if you run the same business as a competitor, you still have a different philosophy. So, you know, at InDigital, we believe that we give you a catered solution. So it could be, is it 5% social media? Is it 10% SEO? Uh, you know, is it influencing marketing? It all depends on what your needs and what your pain points are. Right. So it's like investing. Right. It's a portfolio. Right. Yep. So some people like, you know, um, you know, high risk stock. Some people like simple mutual funds that give them a guaranteed return. So it all depends on the business owner and not everybody's the same. But here's the thing. Right. The best investment you can make is in yourself. And that's where I believe that personal branding is extremely important today. And I'll give you an example. Like once upon a time your product mattered in the way that the fact that I had business cards as an example, right. that was important. Whether you met me or someone mm -hmm. else, just finding what you needed at that time for the price you were looking for, for the quality you were looking for is what really started the connection. Yeah. 100%. Now today people want to know who the CEO of that company is more than yesterday. Yeah. 
Right back then, it didn't matter. No, and but right. why? Because people want to deal. It goes back to what we said: deal with people you know, like and trust. They're connecting with the people who represent the brand just as much as they're connecting with the brand, and that's what I call. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if I could add to that, um, you know, things also changed. Is you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when you know, print media was the marketing tool, um, we were less connected. Right in today's um, you know kind of environment, you can go on Google, you can do a search for somebody, and you're going to get hundreds of results. Okay, back then we had yellow pages, right? So you were limited to what you saw, and you were limited to your geographical area. Okay, you know, in the digital world, we've connected all the geographical areas. So you know, where once before you bought everything from Toronto, Mississauga, today you're buying it from Ottawa, you're buying it from Montreal, right? Everything has become so much more connected. So the landscape, the, the your customers, right? Your competition has gotten bigger, right? So to your point, right? People want to be connected to, so it's, if I, if I could go backwards. So we've gone so far to the one to the left or to, or to the right that, you know, we want, uh, to work with people from everywhere. So now we're starting to see where we want more localized vendors. We're buying from local people because we want that connection, right? You know, so now it's it's not about price so much. It's about relationships, Yeah. right? So I want to work with John. It's a little bit more expensive. You know what? But John gets me, right? And John, you know what? If I can't pay John to not this, you know, this week, John's okay. He'll let me pay next week because he understands the worth of my business, right? So it's that give and take relationship between, you know, business and vendor, right? And that's important, right? And that's what you get, right? And that's what makes a successful business is the working relationship between the vendors that they have. I agree with that a thousand percent. And like another thing I want to debunk about marketing a lot of people uh, have this idea that uh, we're in the digital age, so it's cheaper. You don't need to spend money. Oh. And reality is, this is my point of view, and you can agree or disagree with me on this. I think that when we used to print flyers and we spent $500 for a thousand flyers plus another $400 to distribute it. So $900 gave you, you know, what you needed and right. you reached the thousand or 5,000, yep. whatever it was. Um, it doesn't mean you go into digital media and now you're going to spend 90 bucks. Yeah, you'll spend 90 bucks to get that, but people don't pay as much of attention. Where the difference right. is you're spending the same $900, but now you're reaching 50,000 people exactly. instead of 1,000 or 5,000. Exactly. You're right. You're totally right. Um, and again, back then, you know, when we used to do that print, we, we couldn't actually quantify what our return was. Yes. You know, we, we would just send flyers out and hope that something came in. We could put a coupon code, or you could try to quantify it that way. But in today's digital world- Most people don't even bring the coupon, even if they saw it. Yeah, no, no, and it was really hard. To, you know, like if I spent $1,000 with you, I really wouldn't know exactly, you know, what my return was on that $1,000, right? Now with the digital uh, marketing, you could do that, right? But the problem is, is a lot of small businesses, to your point, don't allocate enough of a budget. Right, so they'll allocate a budget to advertise, yeah. But then they don't allocate a budget to re-advertise, okay? Because once you connect with a customer, right, that customer no might not be ready for your services, 
So you have to then figure out a way, a strategy to remarket to them at a, the appropriate time, right? And that's where I think where you you know where people they don't spend the, you know the proper uh, you know uh, budget to you know grow that digital marketing. So they'll try it once, and a lot of them, a lot of people I find also are a little bit confused and they don't know what you know to expect. So they go in and it's like gambling. They go in. They don't know anything about poker, so they put 50 bucks down, and then they lose right away, and they think poker is garbage. Yeah. And gambling is horrible. If they had gone into and maybe learned about poker a little bit and then played poker, they would have had a better, you know, kind of experience because they would have been educated. What are the, you know, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my money right away. Oh, that's what happened. I lost my money. I know why I lost my money, because I... But, you know, I doubled up or I did something. So it's it's not understanding what the expectations are. So, you know, and at Indigital, we make sure, right, before we ever, you know, anybody spends money with us, we walk them through. Okay, here's what to expect. Here's what not to expect, right? Here's what you shouldn't do. And here's what you should do. Now, if you, if you still want to spend money with us, great. If you don't, let us know when you're ready. But at the very least, you're not spending money that you don't have. Right. And unfortunately, in this market, a lot of people come to us with their last few hundred dollars thinking that we're saviors and we can turn that money into like, you know, magic beans or something. Right. And it's not true. No, exactly. See, which brings up the other point, right? Like you have a process and that's important. Now, that last point about the differences in ads was that what we do now has changed. Mm -hmm. Like in our era. What we, you know, just like the retail stores, why are they hurting? Because they're still doing what they used to do 20 years ago. Absolutely. Which is 50% off Black Friday sale, Purple Monday sale, yeah. whatever. And you know what? This generation doesn't care about 50% off because that 50% price that they're getting, they expect that every day, not just on the Absolutely. sales. Well, they're, you know, <laughs> so it's, it uh, work. it's not attractive. No, you're 100%. What's that commercial? They've gone um, uh, nose blind. So they've gone, you know, discount blind. So you're right, because they figure if I don't buy now, the next discount's coming around the, you know, because there's a pattern. These retailers have created a pattern where every month there's a 50% off sale. Yeah. Where before there was a 50% off sale. And if you didn't get it, like Boxing Day meant Boxing Day. If you didn't buy at Boxing Day, that's it, done. You don't get another sale. You don't get to come back the next day and the next day and the next day. Now we have Boxing Day month, Boxing Day week. So if you don't, there's no urgency to buy, right? Yeah. So if exactly. you don't buy, then you're like, well, I can now. Nah, it'll be actually, I'll probably get a better deal a week from now. So you're right. There is no urgency to buy, right? And that I think is the mistake that a lot of retailers do. And that's why they're suffering, right? 100%. And a lot of them were late to the game on. For e-commerce, right? A lot of large retailers were really late to the game. The ones that showed up early, they're successful, right? So, yes, exactly. You know, Amazon, look at look at you know all the large retailers that are doing well. They they prioritize that as a as a marketing um, strategy, but they also deliver their value proposition, mm-hmm. right? Like. Like, like, look at Amazon. Everything's delivered to you. Oh, yeah. You don't have to think about it. You just click of a button, done. Amazon right? is scary. Amazon is very scary. Yeah, look at Apple. Yeah. Music yeah. in your pocket. Yeah. 
right? Like yeah. it, it's it's delivering what value you're getting it. Well, and it's also every, you know, like Amazon never. So the Amazon could have stopped when they they were really good. So when they beat the the competition, they could have stopped, but they didn't. They went okay. Well, you know, we can get you something delivered in four days, right? They okay. Let's try for two days, and then oh, now they got it figured out how to deliver in two days. Now they can deliver you something next day. Like I can order something right now, and it'll be delivered tomorrow. Right. Okay. And don't forget, they added Amazon Prime now for nine ninety nine. Yeah. You get that service. 90%. They found a way for you to spend an extra ten bucks. So you are, you're hooked on them, right? It's almost like a a shopping, you know, uh, addiction, right? You buy stuff when you don't need it. You know, everybody now that they they think I'm, I need a pencil. Nobody thinks of going to Staples or I'm going to Amazon. That's right? true. Amazon is, you know, the benchmark, right? Um, and God help us. They're, they're going to be really close and maybe they've started. But wait till they start doing same-day delivery, right? Some of them, uh, some items are. Well, so that's scary. Like, how do small businesses, and again, I believe they can compete. I, I definitely believe because I'm, I'm living proof, right? So... When I started my flower business many, many, many years ago, everybody said that you couldn't compete with the 1-800-Flowers and the, you know, Telefloras and the FTDs of the world, the big giants. They had millions of dollars, right? And I said, well, they don't have customer service. They don't have the control, right? So, you know, you're, when you control what comes out of your place of business, right, you have a leg up on a corporation when they have managers and employees and they don't know what's going on, right? So that's your leverage. That's the niche, right? So when you look at a restaurant like a McDonald's, right? Well, they have employees, they have managers, right? They have processes, but they can't control everything, right? So the bigger you get, the less control. So a small, you know, burger place, they have that control. You can compete with, with McDonald's by providing service and quality, because if you give them service and quality, people will pay a little extra. Yeah, I, I'm a, I believe that, right? Um, you know, and that kind of segues into, uh, you know, kind of our my pet project in the last three years. Yes. Um, you know, which you know we've been fortunate to work with a company called Sweetie Pie. Um, so for for you guys that don't know, Sweetie Pie is a very niche bake shop in Toronto. Um, started in. Uh, July 2020, um, you know, it started off as just a simple idea. You know, the founder, Tina Hatton, um, you know, was just looking for something. She had a full-time career, just something to uh, connect with people. She loved interacting with people. Um, and she opened up a little pie shop at uh, College and Harvard, right? Beautiful neighborhood, uh, right across a beautiful dog park. And, the th you know, we helped her kind of start everything we created a brand for her. We created packaging. Um, you know, she she took a lot of uh, pride in making sure that even though it was a little tiny mom and pop shop, um, she was going to put her best foot forward, right? Everything was going to be top notch. You know, the pies were vegan, uh, you know, Belgium chocolate, right? Everything top notch ingredients um, to the point she wasn't worried about pricing. She Her philosophy was... If it's the best pie in Toronto, people will pay for it. And sure enough, um, you know, we can talk about what happened in between, but great success story. We've we've helped them 
Um, and so in the last three years, um, they've grown to nine locations across Toronto. Wow. Right? So that's amazing that we've been part of that journey. Um, you know, they did a lot of work. We helped them. We were just supporting them in what they needed. Um, you know, they're probably the premier uh, pie b- uh, brand in Toronto right now. Um, and then, you know, right now we're helping them take that big step is they're going to franchise. So they're going to be at the franchise show um, at the International Centre in September the 9th and 10th. Um, and they're going to start allowing people to be part of the Sweetie Pie team. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Right now, going with that, right? Like, and the fact that nine locations already, that's corporate office. That is... That's 10 locations with corporate office. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Right? Sorry. So yeah. That's incredible just to start, like, like we're three years in. and three, three years, years yeah. to do that? Yeah. That's remarkable. How many businesses out there are barely getting their second business, uh, store open? Yeah, I mean, time? look, I, I can tell you, um, we, you know, when we presented uh, Tina with a our plan, um, she was doubtful. We, you know, at InDigital said that, listen, we can do this. If you're, you know, if you're going to come along for the ride, we're going to come along for the ride, right? We're going to dedicate our, our best people, our top-notch team um, to basically help you and, and we do it all for them. We do it, you know, we, we're from the uh, SEO to the social. Uh, we created the menu boards. We built their app. We built their e-commerce sites. Uh, we designed all their packaging. We actually sourced their packaging from China, um, which, you know, gives them a, a leg up on pricing. Um, so, yeah, so they run everything by us. We are their complete, you know, soup to nuts um, marketing agency. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Now, with all this, you know, all this stuff going on, you know, and every form of entrepreneurship comes with challenges. So the obvious, right? There's never enough money and time in the in the day, right? So trying to grow a, a small business, right? And I can speak to the challenges with uh, Sweetie Pie. Um, you know, 10 locations, uh, you know, without giving any numbers away, um, if you try to open up a bakery, right? You can you can guess what it would cost to open up a bakery, you know, from a complete build out um, to all the equipment, right? So you multiply that by ten, um, you know. So now we're into uh, you know our challenges in the last you know three years, um, you know. So there's um, curveballs given to you all the time. So it's you know even on a perfect you know scenario. Right. There's challenges in businesses. But now you take all the challenges that we had to, you know, endure in the last few years, right? You get extra curveballs. Right. Yeah. So now it's ducking and diving and jumping more than you have to. Um, but we but they trade they stay true to their philosophy, which was quality ingredients, amazing products, okay, and great customer service. Right. And mission, like message and branding on point, right? Um, and, you know, I mean, we, you know, we had a philosophy where um, Sweetie Pie is for the community. So every time a Sweetie Pie opens, it embraces the community to the point where, um, you know, we recommend it. We don't really do uniforms, right? So we have a location at Queen West. They, you know, the staffing, the environment, the attitude is all, it all fits the customers, right? We have a, we have a location in Markham, different type of uh, employee, 
different type of strategy, different type, because it has to fit the community. So we are that community-based business where a lot of, you know, I mean, we're, I guess you would consider, you know, 10 locations as a corporate business. Uh, you know, at what point do we become, you know, that big, bad giant, right? Right, right. But the amazing thing is we've stayed true to what, like, a, we act and walk like a, a one-off, right? We are true to our roots. You know, when we had one store, we're true to the philosophy that we had one store, even though we have 10 now. Right, which brings up the point that, like, from when we started the right. conversation today, right? Things are more localized and becoming local community yeah. businesses. And the even the successful ones that are bigger are tend, tend to be branding themselves now as the local yeah, 100%. choice, right? 100%. So even though they have multiple locations. Yeah. And if you treat it like a local, because look, let's be honest, one area might have one preference, mm -hmm. another area might have another preference. It doesn't mean the product changes, but maybe how you serve it. it you know what, becomes... exactly. <laughs> you know what, look, um, I mean, like go back, our, our Queen West location, as I said, we don't have a dress code, right? So an employee might be wearing a toque in the middle of summer. We're okay with that. Right, you know our market location. What's a little bit more conservative, right? Um, you know they might, you know, look at somebody wearing a toque in the in the summer and and say, "Huh, that's a little odd," right? But like, it's, but our downtown location, that's normal, right? So it's it's about allowing the staff, right, embrace the community. It's about about the allowing the community to embrace Sweetie Pie, right? And at the in the middle of that, it's the great product. Yeah, exactly. Right, because that's what they're coming for. You know, they're coming for a smile, an apple pie, like a you know, it tastes like mom used to make. It looks like mom used to make it, right? And that's at the end of the day, that's what kind of connects us all, is that quality baked goods. And look, you know, frankly, doesn't everybody like a good apple pie? You know, absolutely. How do you say no to an apple pie? Exactly. Right. If not apple, even cherry. Yeah, cherry, yeah, like a, whatever the preference works. But it's it's that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you, you're eating a nice quality baked good, right? Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and that's kind of what we we went after. And and so far, you know, we're lucky. People have embraced us over the years. Uh, you know, you know, our our future is going to be. We don't know what our future is going to be actually, but you know, we have we have goals set. We're we're hoping to be um, the next couple of years thirty locations. Um, so that's our challenge that, you know, the, our, the founder, Tina, has given us, a, you know, kind of a mandate. They're like, listen, we love what you've done in the last three years, but you can't rest on your last three years. You're only as good as tomorrow, right? Yeah. So now we're working towards that. You know, we have our plan in the next couple of years. Franchising is part of it. Um, and it's going to be fun. You know, like I said, to, to take a, a company from an idea three years ago, you know, and put them on the map in Toronto as the premier pie shop. You know what? Um, I don't usually pat myself on the back, but you know what? Good job. We did a great job and we're going to continue to do a good job for them. Makes sense now, which brings up the point, right? Because your target is 30 locations. Yeah. Um, and my point is, where do you plan to expand to? Like, are you sticking in Ontario? Yeah. Are you so, trying to go outside? Of so here's the beauty of this, the type of business that... Um, it's a take and go type business. So it caters to, you know, certain couple kilometers, you know, radius. Um, you know, so we've mapped out uh, the next 
you know, so let me go backwards. We will be at 11 locations by the end of the year. So we have two more locations that are under construction that will open by the end of the year. Um, so that will leave 19 locations, if my math is correct. Yeah. So based on that, we still are, we're not in Oakville. We're not in uh, Mississauga. We're not in Brampton. We're, you know, we're not in the east side, you know, we're not in Oshawa. We're not in Scarborough. So, you know, we're safe to say we could stay within an hour and a half from the core and and hit 30 locations. So we're not even, you know, really outside of, you know, the GTA, right? I think we can be at 50 locations in Ontario if you're, you know, but that's down the road and, you know, we'll see how we, you know, when we get there. But yeah, you know, but yes, the plan would be definitely, um, you know, tackle this step and then go to Ontario and then start franchising to the other provinces. Got it. Now, who would your ideal franchisor be? So look, we we take everybody. You know, there is no, um, it's like saying, you know, which of my kids is my favorite, right? <laughs> but we all know we always have a favorite, right? Um, so the ideal, you know, kind of uh, candidate, um, one, you know, it's in our literature, we, you have to be uh, owner operator, right? So we would never want to sell to somebody that is just going to buy it as an investment and not show up, all right? Um, as I was saying, Sweetie Pie is a community. So if you're the owner, we want you in the store. We want you to be part of that community. We want to want you to know your customers. We want you to know the associations around your business, right? We want you to know the charities so you can get involved in the charities. Like we're super, super involved in all the charities, food banks. Uh, you know, Tina has a love for dogs. So we're involved in a lot of dog um, associations, right? And that's part of giving back to the community. Um, so yeah, so our, our you know perfect candidate would be somebody who has a love for baking. Doesn't necessarily have to be a baker, right? But has a love for baking. Has a love for you know just out there people. You know loves to you know chat with people. Um, and somebody that likes is very active on social media, right? So yeah, you know those people that like to take pictures everywhere they go. They're foodies. Right. Yep. Um, those are the, that's the candidate, right? Because, you know, we've built an amazing program, right? So everything is set for you, right? Um, you know, we, uh, you know, we could have franchised a year ago. We decided not to, um, because we wanted to make sure that our processes and our technology and everything was in place that was going to help, um, you know, help the business owner grow and succeed. Right. So, you know, you always heard of franchises and stories that, you know, they buy a franchise, it doesn't work out, or they were promised one thing and they didn't get what they were promised. And then there's always problems. Right. I wanted to avoid that. You know, so we've we've gone out and did everything possibly. Right. We made a checklist and we checked everything off that, OK, this helps the business. This helps the business, um, even with technology. So, you know, there's a lot of POS solutions on the market. We said, no. We built our own POS. So we built a POS system called Take It and Go, right? Um, concept. Sorry? Neat concept. Well, it's actually, if um, if I might, if you've all, I'm sure you've heard of um, Russell Peters. Yep. Take It and Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah, take it and go. Um, so the POS system allows you to manage your entire business, right, from your phone. Right? So we understand small business owners are busy, right? 
they got to make a delivery. They got to go pick up some material. You know, they want to be in the store. They want to be schmoozing, right? So we wanted to give them the ability to manage their entire operation from their cell phone, right? Because we know it's a 24-7 business. In order to succeed, you have to. it has to be a 24-7 business. So we did that, right? Um, you know, our, our take-and-go POS solution allows you to manage your wages. So we give you a HR tool that controls all your spending on your staff, which is, you know, very important. It allows you to control your inventory. Again, a big part of your business, right? If you don't control inventory, you will have a problem. If you don't control staffing, you will have a problem. These are the two things that will give you a problem when you're running your business. You can you can be great, you know, uh, talking to people and, uh, you know, and schmoozing, but if you can't control labor and you can't control costs, you'll be in trouble. So we created tools to help you control both. Right. Well, in the restaurant business, I mean, rent is important, but yeah. rent usually you have a set guideline. So you know that yeah, going ahead. Rent, and that's, rent's a fixed cost. You right. can't um, where, control. Where the two killers end up being mm-hmm. labor and wastage. Labor and, and inventory. Yeah. Right? Either you buy too much or you don't buy enough and you have to go buy it somewhere else and pay more. Or And labor, you have staff on. Right, that you maybe you shouldn't, or you haven't, you didn't plan properly because you didn't predict sales properly. So, again, from experience, those are the two things. So we went out and said, we're going to give you tools. We're going to build tools that are simple to use that will help you control both inventory and labor. So that now it's not a foolproof. It's not you still have to put the work into it, but we're giving you, you know, kind of cheat sheets. Right, we're giving you those cheat sheets so that you can do well on the test. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So another thing I want to touch yeah. on going back a bit, like you mentioned charities and stuff, right? Like, and it's interesting because I, I, it's one of those things that right now, like just with things going on, a lot of charities have seen a shortfall. 100%, yeah. And it's unfortunate. Exactly. Why is that important to you or the business? Um, well, simply, again, we've been very fortunate that Sweetie Pie has you know, kind of, uh, you know, it, it. it's not that we, you know, we did a lot of work, but if people did not want to buy our product and they didn't like our product, we wouldn't have grown as fast as we we did. So we're very fortunate, right? So it's like, you know, they say, I, you know, I thank everybody that, uh, you know, put us here. Um, so we're, we also understand that, you know, it's important to give back. So, you know, we've partnered with Sick Kids. Um, coincidentally, we, we just opened an, uh, a store at Sick Kids at uh, 525 University. So we've, you know, it's kind of like a natural progression. You know, we've partnered with Sick Kids in order to support, um, you know, different programs throughout the year. Uh, on August, I believe, August 17th, we will be at uh, Sick Kids Hospital on the lawn handing out cookies um, for free. Um, and people are going to bring in donations and whatnot uh, to support Sick Kids Foundation. Um, we also sponsor and help um, some, like I mentioned, some dog charities, uh, rescue charities. Um, you know, and and then there is programs that we do, you know, one-offs, right? So we're not part of a larger program, but we do a lot of um, you know high school uh, programs. So. You know, they're doing fundraising for a high school. We'll get, we'll donate product. They sell the product and it goes to raising funds for their school. So we're, like I said, that's part of, 
you know, um, what Sweetie Pie's belief system is, right? If we open, it's not about opening a store in a community and just selling. We want to be part of the community, right? So when they, you know, when somebody says Sweetie Pie, they don't, you know, necessarily think of our pies right away. They think like, oh yeah, that's that really cute pink place in, you know, Leslieville, in Leaside, at Young and Lawrence, you know, in the distillery district. Right. Because, again, we're, we're very, you know, when it comes to the marketing and the branding, you know, we always have that niche. We're very pink. Right. You know, we have pink chairs, pink Muskoka chairs. Uh, you know, so if you go down to the distillery, you're sitting in the patio, you're sitting in a beautiful pink Muskoka chair. Right. It's not like you see a pink Muskoka chair every day. True. Right. That's very so, true. Yeah. See, I, I thought of something now and I kind of think I know the answer. But just to bring it up okay. for the audience is that. Uh, do you have any, uh, like right now you're doing all pies, right? Well, we do we do pies. So we do fruit pies. We do meat pies. Yeah. We do uh, 10 different cookies, gourmet cookies. We do butter tarts, which is our, we're really known for butter tarts. So if you like butter tarts, you got to try the butter tarts. Um, and then we do brownies and we do other things. Okay. So you kind yeah. of answered it there because I was going to see if yeah. you had any expansion plans in that. Yeah. So we, look, we have a large selection of products. Um, all our locations have Corotha ice cream. So we do milkshakes, we do all fancy stuff. And then on the drink side, we do everything, um, all the hot drinks, right? Matcha teas, you know, lattes, cappuccinos, you know, mochaccinos. We do all the drinks that you might think that, um, you know, you might want to have, right? So, you know, it's it's like a coffee shop meets bake shop. Got it, right? got it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, in terms of other expansions... Right, getting into like malls or something like that, or even into like so that's part of our plan. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, we are now like so now we proved the concept. The concept has been proven, right? Um, when you start, you know, when we started, um, it's the rent as as you know probably, uh, you know, rents in malls are expensive, yeah. right? Small footprint, huge rents, and because they have a lot of overhead. So in, when you start, you don't typically go into a mall situation because it's a very big, you know, upfront cost. And if you don't, and if it doesn't work out, it could sink you. Um, so yeah, we're at the position now. We are, we are actively looking for mall locations, more for franchises, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like our, our expansion plan, um, you know, uh, is definitely looking at all major malls. Right, and it has to be a fit. Location is very important. Um, you know, we're cur currently looking. Uh, we're on the wait list at Vaughn Mills, which is a place that we've we really want to get into. Um, but uh, they're probably going to all be a franchise's models, anyways. Right. Um, so yeah, but and we're always looking. You know, the beauty is that we get contacted by landlords all the time now. Sweetie Pie has become such a brand that people want a sweetie pie in their new development. So we get contacted by a lot of new builds, right? You know, case in point, our two new constructions is at the well, at Front and Spadina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Largest development in Canada, six towers. Great project. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, we're very fortunate to get in. Um, and then our um, last for the year is at Mervish Village, which is the old Honest Ed's. Got it. Right? Again, my neighborhood grew up that in that area. I went to Central Tech down the street. So, you know, a, a kid of the 80s shopping at Honest Ed's. Um, so when we had the opportunity to, to open a store at Mervish Village, we jumped at it, right? Great neighborhood. It's a beautiful build. It's got beautiful parks, walking trails. It's got a dog park. 
Um, it, it actually has an outdoor amphitheater. It's oh. beautiful. They're going to have movie nights every week and they're going to have co- live concerts. Um, so we're super excited. Yeah, it's just great. Which brings up the next point, right? Like, because not every location's a good location and there's work going on behind it, right? Everyone oh. thinks that a space comes available and you just walk in and open up and business is nope. there. No, nope. right? Nope. So how do you discover what areas you want to be in and which areas you don't want to be um, in? So, yeah, that's a great question. Again, uh, you know, first couple stores, you know, you don't, it's like anything, right? Um, you know, if you're an investor in real estate, maybe your first couple properties weren't perfect, right? You learned from your mistakes and that's exactly what happened, right? I mean, when we started this, you know, this was a new customer, this, you know, for, you know, Tina did not come from the big business, right? You know, she was a professional, she had a corporate job. Um, so the big business was new to us, right? So yeah, our first couple locations, were they the greatest? No, absolutely not, but we learned from them, right? So today, yeah, we have a science. We can look at a location, right? We know how to do the, you know, the demographic uh, kind of test. We know what works, right? So again, it doesn't mean, um, if you look at a location, it doesn't mean that there has to be a home run location, right? So I have a kind of like a, a little test I do, right? We have what we call AAA locations, AA locations, and single A, okay? they all can make the same amount of profit. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the sales, it's about profit. So you could open up a single A location, okay, that could have the potential of between $250,000 and $300,000 in sales, okay? If your expenses fit within the parameters, your profit will be similar to a AAA and a AA, which means, you know, maybe it's a $3,000 a month rent, Maybe the neighborhood's not great, right? Or maybe it's not super busy, but the rent equals the area. So that your, you know, your labor and your rent has to equal a certain percent. That percent fits into your sales, right? So then at the end, you have a percent for your profit. A double A just gives you more, more sales, but a double A usually comes with a higher rent. More sales equals more labor. So it's all about keeping that labor, okay, and that rent number within a certain percent. You take your rent and your labor, you add it, you want to stay within a certain percent of your sales. If that works, then every store does the same profit. Absolutely. You know what? There's no difference in that that building calculation as real estate. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's exactly. Apartment buildings are the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter what your rent is. Nope. It's a, it's what you get on the buy because if you right. if you buy the building at a low enough rate, the rent is justified. Right. It's, if you pay too much, exactly. the rents are not justified. No, you're everything's. <laughs> I mean, it's economic, right? Like yeah. everything's the same, and that's where people don't get it. Is that it's not about you know? It's like you said, a, a mall location. Great, a mall location comes with a very high rent. Okay, um, you know, I mean, you could be paying upwards of two hundred and fifty dollars a square foot. A street level location might cost you $50 a square foot, okay? That means, right, that you would have to do, what is it, uh, five five times times the sales? That's a lot harder. I'd rather do $300,000 than 1.5 million. For the same profit? For the same profit? It's a bigger risk to do that 1.5 million, right? It's harder to do that number than it is to 300,000. 
right? Absolutely. You know? So that's the, you know, so we, when we are looking at stores, we look at portfolio, our portfolio, we go, okay, we already have five triple A's, we have two doubles, and we have a few singles, okay? We're not looking for triple A's, we're looking for singles, right? Because if a single doesn't perform, it doesn't cost a lot. We can afford, you know, a $3,000 a month rent versus a $10,000 a month rent. So that's kind of, you know, that what we look at. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people, when they even get into a one-off store, they don't look at that, right? No. They think, oh my God, I got to be in this area. That's what I got to do, right? Um, and then they get into it and then they realize, oh boy, you know, the rent, my expenses are killing me, right? And then they can't get out. They're stuck in the lease, right? You know, or they signed a bad lease, right? Yeah, that happens too. Because everybody thinks they're, they're going to hit a home run. Right? Nobody goes into business and says, yeah, I think I'm going to be okay. Or I'm going to have a half-decent business. Did you ever hear anybody say, you know, when you ask them, oh, you're going to open up a business. What do you, how do you think you're going to do? Yeah, I'm going to do so-so. They never say that. They say, oh, I'm going to help run. I'm going to be filthy rich. I'm going to be, you know, I'm the next big thing. Or the best phase you when know? somebody's unsure and they don't want to say they're unsure. Yeah. Oh, it has to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no. Not an option. Well, no. As if you can control that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, no, it doesn't have to work. You know, what you has what has to work is you has you have to work in order for it to work, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of our philosophy now. We've gotten really good at um, you know, looking at locations, right? But at the end of the day, you know, everybody, you know, you know, it's like if you're a gambler and you, you're betting on the, you know, on hockey, right? Yeah, you have a 70% winning and a 30% losing. That's really good, right? So, you know, are we, you know, are we batting 100? No. Do we have a few stores that could do better? 100%, you know? Absolutely. Now, which brings up the other point, right? Every When you start a business, there's always that wonder. Now, there's always a moment, and we don't always realize right. it, but there's that moment, which I call the aha moment which is sort of the, it's not that the doubts disappear, but you have that confidence and feeling saying, okay, we're in the right direction. We're in the right spot. It's going well, how we expected it to be. Aha, this is working. Did you have that aha moment? So I wish I did. So being an entrepreneur since I was 21, so we're talking 50, 20, 33 years, I've been an entrepreneur. Some good businesses, some bad businesses. Um, I think... If you have that, I think you always, at a certain point, know that you're trending in the right direction. But I also believe that you should never have that aha moment because you become complacent, right? You know, and that's where, have you ever seen businesses that are doing super well? And then all of a sudden you read about them like, oh, they had to close. How did they go from, you know, being hot, like a re especially restaurants, that's unfortunate, but especially restaurants, like they're the hottest restaurant, they got lineups, and then a few years later, they're done. It's because you don't adapt, right? So if you think you have it figured out, right, you don't. Because life changes, right? The neighborhood might change, right? So if I don't pay attention to changing, you know, neighborhood, changing customers, changing market trends. You know, what if tomorrow pies, people don't want to eat pies anymore. Somebody writes an article that says, you know what, pies, uh, you know, 
um, they're not cool anymore, so don't buy pies. Oh, okay. So I, we have to kind of forecast to see that's coming down the line that, okay, so what do we do now, right? How do we pivot? So you always have to think that, you know what? Um, there's going to be a problem, right? So if you think there might be a problem um, and you there is, you're prepared. If there is no problem, then you're okay. Absolutely. You know, it's like buying insurance for problems, right? You know, if you don't buy it and you have a problem, you're in trouble. If you buy insurance and there's a problem, you're covered. So that's kind of like mental business. You know, I bought mental insurance to make sure if there is any, you know, foreseen issues, I'm covered. I agree with everything you just said. Um, usually what I mean by aha moment is the moment, because there's always that doubt mm -hmm. that did I do the right thing? And what I meant by the aha moment was that, that that moment where you know you're in the right direction. Again, I agree with you. The problem is you can't let yourself be complacent. Yeah, look, do I, I think, uh, you know, after a couple of years, you, you know you're in the right direction. Or, I mean, we knew we were in the right direction three months in um, after getting, I mean, we've been at uh, 4.9 uh, stars on Google for the last three years, right? So really good, when we were on, you know, um, when we we're almost at five stars, right? Over and over. That's what, if you want to, if you want me to pinpoint, that's what told me we were on the right track. In fact, um, little, uh, really cool story, brought a tear to my eye. Um, I had a lady that sent us a review. Right. And these are one of the reviews that you're just like, because you get reviews, you know, I went to your cool place, love your pies, coffee was great, snap, snap, you know, you get those all the time. Right. Um, but I got a, I got a, well, the store got a, um, a review that said, I would like to thank you so much. Right. Stop by your store, had an apple pie, reminded me so much of my mother's apple pie. She passed away six months ago. Thank you very much for that feeling. I didn't know what to say. So, yeah, that's powerful. You know, if if what we, you know, that apple pie, right, was able to have that effect on somebody, right? That's I guess the aha moment. That's the moment that you went I think I got my stuff together. I think we're on the right path. Yeah, you know? that's exactly what I was. You know, if I if I can have that effect on somebody, that makes them think about their mom and the last time they had apple pie that their mom made and our apple pie reminds them of their mom's apple pie and they were able to have that moment again, you know, that's, that, you know, that right there is enough, right? Um, you know, I mean, I don't remember what somebody replied to it. I don't remember what they said, but yeah, it brought a tear, you know, just the fact that you could, you know, have give that emotion to somebody with a big good, right? Means a lot. Exactly. So that's our that's philosophy. That's sweetie pie. That's what we're all about. Um, you know, you know, being part of you know all the memorable moments. Um, you know, and that's important to us. And and that's what business and entrepreneurship is about. 100%. about moments in time and the process of mm -hmm. getting there. Yeah. Look, I think I'm a I'm a strong believer. If you put the work in and you give people what they want, everything else will work itself out. Money, success, right? It'll work itself out. If you don't put the, the time in, okay, and the work, 
and you don't offer a good product, then it doesn't matter what you do. You could do all the marketing in the world. Okay. It won't matter. You'll get a customer, but you'll never keep a customer. All right. And that's our philosophy. Like that's, you know, we live by that. Which right? brings up another question, which just might be an oddball question, but uh, do you know what your uh, retention rates are? Typically we get uh, same customer buys twice a month from us in store, uh, online. Uh, we have customers that buy about four times a year, right? So we have enough stats now in three years that, um, you know, the average person will will order from us about, yeah, four times a year. Fantastic. Uh, and we're working on it. I mean, we are bringing in new products. So we're, we're kind of um, uh, wading into the occasion space. So, so we don't, um, as I mentioned or didn't mention, so we don't do cakes. We don't do bread. We're not that kind of bakery. Um, we are introducing a new product in September. Um, you remember back in the 80s, you had those cookies that looked like cakes? Yes. Those big 10-inch. Exactly. So we are introducing that, but with the spin. So we're creating like really super gourmet, you know, we're creating like a, a sponge toffee birthday cake cookie. You know, it's got cookie, it's got cream, it's got layer of chocolate in sponge toffee. You know, we got the Reese's Pieces one. So we're creating for occasions, right? So that if you have a birthday, and you don't want cake, we're going to give you another option. So we'll give you a cookie cake. So we're creating that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What would you say to someone who wants to get into the entrepreneurial journey, but isn't unsure, or is just a little afraid, maybe inexperienced, or maybe they're listening to the, all that negative talk they got growing up and the usual go to school, get a good education, and you know, all the nonsense that makes people gonna, afraid. I was going to say, do you know my mother? <laughs> you must know my mother. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all my mother. I think it's, you know, my mother. Um, so yeah, look, I I would say do your homework, okay? Um, just because you think you have a good idea, right? So in the early, you know, when I started my career many years ago, I'd, ha I, I'd get, you know, it'd be like synopsis. Like I'd get, you know, 10, you know, great ideas. It's just like pew, pew, right? And I typically just run into the great idea. It's like, here I come, you know, um, with no plan. You know, I, a little, as you get older, you get wiser, right? So I have a, I, well, the one thing I do is I bounce it off 10 friends, right? If you don't have 10 friends, bounce it off five friends, right? So you take your idea, you tell a friend, get the feedback, tell another friend. Now, at the end of having the conversations with your friends, if it still looks like and, think, and you think it still sounds like a great idea, right? Then go ahead and do it. But I can tell you from experience that that idea, okay, it's either going to be completely a waste of time or it's going to be completely changed from what you thought it was going to be originally. Okay. So if you thought you were going to sell widgets and hair duds and, you know, online, and you were going to sell it to like, you know, uh, you know, Portuguese people, that might have changed because now those five friends are going to poke holes, right? Especially if they're true friends, they're going to poke holes in your idea. And it's not to say that the idea completely is wrong or bad. They're just going to give you a different viewpoint. Got it. Right? So now you're going to go back and go, okay, so they liked half of what I said. They didn't like half. Uh, I'm going to take the good part. I'm going to fix the bad part. And now I have a totally... The basis of the idea is the same, but I'm going to have a totally different idea. Okay. Once that happens, 
then go see a professional. Okay, come see somebody like me and we can then help you unpack the idea. Because again, you think you know what you're doing. Okay, you know, allow people, let people like me help you. We already made your mistakes, right? So, and I also, I tell my customers, you're not paying me for my good looks. You're not paying me. You're paying me because I've already made your mistakes. Okay, so what you're going to about to embark on, I've done it. Right, and I can tell you where the mistakes are going to happen. So why, you know, waste money, you know, and make mistakes when you can just ask me, pay me, right, and not make any mistakes. So what you're saving in reality is, sure, there will be a cost for what we do, but what you your benefit is time. Time is the most you can't get that back. So if I can save you a few months from opening to starting your business, right? How do you put a dollar value on that? What a great message yeah. there. So, and that is true. That's the one thing almost everybody neglects. Nobody has time. 100%. You don't get it back, right? We, we've been talking, I don't know how long, right? That time is gone. We will never get that time back, right? Well, the difference is everybody that listens to this podcast is the somebody's going to be richer because we've just given you the knowledge and the time that we've spent here today. Well said. So I'm down to my last two questions. Talk to me, John. So my favorite question to end a podcast yeah. is, how do you know you've had a successful day? How do I know I've had a successful day? So, okay, the funny answer is uh, none of my employees have called me. That's a <laughs> successful day, okay? Um, but in reality is I'm a smarter person by the end of the day that, that I started, okay? So that's another misconception where a lot of people that get into business, they think they know it all because they've done it, right? I, again, I've been doing this for 33 years. I learn something every day, right? My staff likes to, my staff always says to me, um, when I show them how to do something or I tell them how to do something, it's always your way. That's what I get. They get, it's always your way. And I like to remind them that it's not my way. Because the way I'm explaining it today, that used to be somebody else's way. I just thought it was smarter than my way, and I adapted it as my way. So my way, I never had a way, right? So when you start in business, do you have a way? You don't. You learn the way. You And you were smart enough to realize, huh, John is doing it that way. I'm doing it this way. Hey, John, I'm taking your way. That's way better, Okay. The minute you do it once, it becomes your way. So theoretically, I guess they're right. I'm, it's my way. But it's not my way because if, you, if my staff can do it better than me, their way becomes my way. So that's, how, that's a successful day is that I'm smarter at the end of the day than I was when I started the day. What a great answer. Thanks. <laughs> Love that one. So awesome. So sorry, I'm going to get into what I call the lightning round. It's yeah. It's going to be a few fun questions. Sure. Like question number one is going to be, what is your favorite food? My fit burgers got to be hands down. Question number two. I like burgers too. Um, <laughs> question number two is favorite travel spot. It's a good question. I haven't gone, but I would have to say Portugal. Got it. I haven't been in a while, but I have to say Portugal. Favorite podcast or and or book. Uh, anything to do with true crime. 
And the true crime. Interesting. Yeah. And the uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano book. Yeah. Got it. I'm not a reader. I, 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 I admit. Um, I'm more of a visual person, but I did read the book twice. Um, the Sammy, Bro, Sammy Gravano, the when he ratted on John Gotti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was called Witness to the Mob or something. No, it was uh, oh. Sammy the Bull. Yeah, Sammy the Bull. Sammy the Bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember the book. I forgot the. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, awesome. Uh, last or second last question is going to be if you were giving unlimited amount of money, but you had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend, you lose. What would you do? Unlimited funds I could spend in 48 hours. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, okay. but you have to do it within 48 hours. Couldn't be real estate because it takes longer to close. You can't close the real estate in 48 hours. But you can always pay it up front. You could. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, I would I would dump it into a mutual fund. Very interesting. And I'll tell you why, if you want to know. So I don't care about the interest. Right, because you didn't say that I couldn't get it out after the forty-eight hours. Well, that's why I said with real estate, you just had to spend right. it. I didn't so, say. <laughs> so I would buy, you know, ten million dollars of mutual funds. You know, two days later when you and you left, I would take that money, and then I'd have all the time in the world to spend it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's lover. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, last. But not least, yeah. anyone watching the podcast wants to find you, where would they go? Um, so, yeah, they can, you know, uh, they can email me at Cesario at Indigital, sorry, Cesario at Indigital Group. That's C-E-S-A-R-I-O at IndigitalGroup.ca. Uh, or you can visit IndigitalGroup.ca. Um, you know, I'm, and I, I, I want to reach out to everybody. Um, don't be shy to drop me a line. Um, there is no commitment. You don't have to pay me. Um, you know, part of what I love to do is there's about two hours in a day that I just, you know, I talk to people, I email people, people call me just because they need help. So, you know, I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy helping. That's the kind of the, the thrill that I get um, going back to, you know, commun communicating with people. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. Right. So, um, you know, like when I reached out to you, John, right? Absolutely. We hadn't talked in a while, right? You don't know what that conversation or that email is going to bring, right? And money is not the reason to do things, right? And way too many people put a price on every interaction that they do during the day. The important part is if you can help somebody, right, and learn from them, that's payment. So... I guess I, I'll leave you with that. I agree with you 100%. It's all for me it's always about finding value. 100%. You know, and again, it's it's you know, I got if you can meet somebody, you don't know where you're going to connect with them down the road. Right? That's true. You know, I mean I, you know, um somebody told me once that, you know, um thank you for taking the call. Like some guy sales guy called me, right? And I know I knew I didn't need the product, but I took the call. I took the meeting, right? I gave him a half an hour. And he was like, thanks so much. I get the phone hung up on me all the time. All right. And, you know, and he's like, well, you didn't buy anything. So why'd you take the call? I go, I just want to know. I wanted to meet you. You never know if you might need me or I might need you in the future. That's true. Right. If you have the time, right. Take the time. You can't do it with everybody, but it's always good to take the time because you grow your network. You grow your people that you know. 
right? And that's also part of growing a business, right? Exactly. Somebody that I talk to might end up being a franchise owner at Sweetie Pie. You don't know, right? What you do know is if you don't ever talk to them, that will never happen. 100%. Right? And, and that's the thing, right? So, yeah. Awesome, Cesario. Thank you so much. No, for thanks for having It was a pleasure. Um, you know, we should do this more often and, you know, down the road. Absolutely. I was welcome. Th thanks very much, John, and a pleasure to being on your show. Thank you. All right. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to The John Papaloni Show.